Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. Another thought experiment today. I have a graph I want to cover, a spider graph. The thought experiment is if you are presented with three autonomous people on paper and you have to choose one of these three people to be your boss based solely off how they rank on certain leadership traits or traits that are applicable to leadership, who would you choose? And I have three different choices. They have different trait uh, rating scales. So who would you choose? That's what we're going to talk about today. I got some responses back from some friends of mine, both through text, through email, and some other social media platforms. I'm going to go through their responses on who they chose and why they chose these people. And I'll probably do a little bit of analysis, but not a whole lot. I'm going to save that for another show. Here we go. I hope you enjoy the show. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution. You are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Wood. Friends, welcome back to Leadosophy. If you're watching, uh, thanks for watching. If you're listening, I appreciate you listening. If you're watching, you can see on the screen I have a infographic, an infographic titled Leadership Traits Rating Graph. This thought experiment is essentially, if you could pick your boss from a list of anonymous people solely based upon their graft trait ratings, who would you choose and why would you choose that person? And I'm going to show everyone, I'm going to walk everyone through, if you're listening, kind of the graph, what it looks like. But the, the, the story or the crux of the experiment is this. The C-suite folks at whatever company this is have gracious, graciously asked for your input as to who, sh- who should be appointed as your new boss. Silently, you believe that you're the obvious choice, but you must temporarily temporarily table that thought. The C-suite team present you with a spider graph of three anonymous individuals, orange, green, and blue. That's their only identifying ratings or who they are. And they're all from outside the company. Graphed together are the characteristics or the trait ratings of each person rating on a scale from one, which is the lowest rating, 10 being the highest rating. As an example, you may be drawn to Green's proficiency in craft, and I'll show the scale in a minute. They know their job very well and the fact that they are great at developing both future leaders and developing technical skills in their followers. But Green's likability is below average, and he or she is not very inspiring. Is there another choice, someone who has traits you find more desirable? Which boss would you like to work for? Most importantly, can you give a reasoned explanation as to why you chose orange, green, or blue? Maybe your profession requires a leader with a certain set of traits and skills, maybe you value empathy and likability, but why? So there's nine traits that I put on this graph, and I'm going to throw them up on the screen right now. The traits are a communicator. This person is either average skilled at communication, and communication is is broad, listening, uh, sharing their ideas, sharing their vision, just skilled communication in general. Likeability or being likable is the second rating or the second trait. Technical or craft competence, how, how well are they skilled in their, in their job? Empathetic, how empathetic is the person? Stoic, stoic being, I guess we use the definition of stoicism or being stoic, not the philosophy, not stoicism as a philosophy. Stoic here being hiding their feelings, 
masking their feelings, not really showing a lot of emotion, just kind of straight down the middle. Inspiring is, is another trait. How inspiring is this person? Decisive. How well is this person able to make decisions? Reliable. And reliable, a lot of things come to mind with reliability, everything from just responding to your request via email to reliability in a project, reliability as far as achieving goals. How reliable are you? And the last one is talent developer. I thought this was an important rating to throw in the mix. How well is this person at developing followers, both maybe as, as leader, future leaders or in the technical side of their craft? So there's the rating scale. And again, orange, green, and blue are the three different individuals. And if you look at orange, the orange boss is very high in, in three areas. One is person is very likable, very empathetic, and highly reliable. It's also got an aid in communication, so there's that. The green boss is more of your technical expert, very high in technical or craft competence, very high in developing talent, very stoic, has the highest rating in being stoic, and is very decisive. But the green scores very low in empathy, very low in inspiring others, and the lowest as far as likability. And the blue one, just to quick go through some of the, some of the highlights of the blue, blue boss, very high in communication, very high at in inspiring, and then kind of average to above average, rounded out on the rest of the graph. And this will come into play as I start reading through the, the feedback I got from, from the audience and who they chose. So the first response I want to I wanna read says, Tim, I think the success of any of these individuals could be field and team dependent. And I think that's, that's very important. Leadosophy believes that as well. Very contextual, very very dependent on the organization or the industry, what the mission is. This person goes on to say, that said, and as you well know from your time in service, I don't think that technical proficiency is as important in leadership roles as the ability, the ability to provide competent support, resource for proficiency, and communicate a clear vision. So for the, same, for the, for the purpose of the exercise, I choose the blue boss because the value of the strengths that he or she brings in terms of communication and inspiration. Those two things, and this person links those two traits, communication and inspiring, and other traits that imply ability to, to form unity of effort. I like that. That's very, Leadosophy likes that, that phrase, unity of effort. A little bummed out about average score and development, and this person's talking about talent development, being able to develop the followers. But this person thinks that this can be learned or prioritized by someone who's obviously, their obvious charisma must be formed by willingness to receive feedback. So that was one of the first responses I got. I got about six responses I want to read. So I was really grateful for that response. It was very, very, uh, very rich. A lot of information to, to process in there. I'm formulating some, th some thoughts on, on some of these responses, but I, I'm very appreciative for that response. The next response Another very, really thoughtful response, and, and I'm grateful for this response as well. This person says, you requested a reasoned response, which is challenging, because I tend to respond sometimes emotionally about things. This is why I'm inclined to think I would select orange. And interesting that this person links 
selecting the the leader or the their boss based on their own tendency for showing emotions, things like that. And they highlight that empathy is an important characteristic to this person and would probably make Orange even more likable. This person goes on to say, I don't do well with people who are stoic as I tend to think I have done something wrong and it increase, increases my anxiety, which in turn decreases my productivity. And that's very interesting. In the same way, effective communication is important to me. I'm not good at inferring. I need to know exactly what is expected of me and what the priorities are. Having said all that, I do best when I'm given direction, then left alone. I don't need to be inspired or molded. And I know my craft well enough that I don't require my supervisor to be especially skilled as long as they are able to support me in solving problems or help identify where to find the answer. The only trait of orange that I think would be challenging for me in a professional relationship is a lack of decisiveness. I find that very frustrating in a person who has been designated as a leader. Again, very thoughtful response. There's a lot of nuggets about leadership I took away from this. Hopefully you did too. I like what she said, what, uh, she said about decisiveness. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's good to know. And I like also what she said about empathy. Empathy, decisiveness. And I found it interesting that she talked about knowing her craft very well. Seems like, I don't, hey, I don't need to be micromanaged. Maybe a little bit of direction if I need it, but what's the task? I'll get it done. I don't need you to inspire me. I don't need you to mold me in a certain way. So I found that fascinating. It was a great, uh, great response. And the last one on, on this side before I move to some other responses through different mediums. This person chose blue. Again, uh, I got two, two for blue, one for orange. Blue is more well-balanced, doesn't have a lowest score in any trait compared to the others. Communicating your vision with a balance of empathy, reliability, and decision-making just need to focus on developing others. And again, blue's kind of rated low in talent development. So here's two people that kind of like the well-roundedness of, of blue, maybe not really high on any one score. Well, they are high in inspiring and communicating, but some of the others are just kind of rounding everything out. So very thoughtful responses. I'm grateful for those responses. So let's continue on to some other responses. And I had one person respond to me via email, super, super awesome email this person sent. And he ranked the choices himself, which I found fascinating. He decided to rank the choices in order of what he felt was most important to him in his current role. And number one, he chose competence. Number two, decisive. Number three, communicator. Number four, reliable. Number five, empathetic. Six, likable. Seven, stoic. Eight, inspiring. And lastly, ranked talent development. So again, this exercise is, I guess what the, the downside of this exercise is we're only talking about leadership traits. And I've talked about leadership trait theory before. But how much do we either hit it off with our boss or don't hit it off with our boss based on just character traits or leadership traits? I think they play a very large role in leadership effectiveness, or again, whatever effectiveness might be in the role. So that's why I wanted to stick with this one graph. This is all you know is traits about these three different bosses. So this person goes on to say, and when you, when you listen to his response, he's, he talks about 
how he feels of what he feels he would like to work for, or who he feels he would like to work for. This is very intuitive, which is, which is interesting. I think that goes to being in a, being in a, in the work environment for a while, have, having some experience, a lot of things we do or we need or desire or, or the decisions we make sometimes are very intuitive. And the more experience we have, we rely more on intuition. So this person goes on to say, what I f- this is what I feel we are currently lacking in my work because it takes about six months to hire anyone in the federal government. So we haven't had someone to be the, the say, the captain of the ships, so to speak, and make the final say. Goes on to say some hemming, hemming and hawing is necessary, but at some point a decision needs to be made so the work can get done. I feel like the importance of the different traits would also change dependent on the type of work involved and what role this position would fill. For example, and I like this, this person gives an example. If the boss is mainly there to ensure you complete your tasks, you're already trained to complete, likability and inspiration would be more important compared to competence or decisiveness. So very thoughtful response. Kind of talked about his own experiences, what he thought, which I'll, again, super grateful for. That was uh, some some wisdom to, that I can lean on a little bit. And here's a last response, and I'm going to get into a question that someone asked me and and my response to that question, and we'll wrap this up. So this response says, I would have chosen blue, again, another another tick for the blue boss, because communication and inspiration are both things a boss should be good at. If you can't inspire, can you really get the best out of your employees? That's a great question. If you can't inspire others, can you really get the best out of your employees? And I'll leave that to the audience to decide I don't know if I know the answer to that. That's a that that question probably deserve deserves more reflection than I can give right now. But this person continues, and again, this is the second person to make that link between communication, being able to communicate, and being able to inspire. Is there a link there between communication and and being able to inspire? This person continues. Blue scores relatively well on likability and reliability, which are two traits that are definitely needed as well. As for a lower decisiveness score, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Blue may be more, more open to listening to the team's ideas before making a decision, which ties into being empathetic, where he or she, he or she will value your opinion. Blue also scores relatively well on being stoic, so he or she will be able to handle the hardships of being a good boss. As for talent development and technical competence, Blue could be better, but I feel that he or she is the most well-rounded candidate for the job. Again, second person making this well-rounded link, which I find fascinating. So there's, there are the responses. And finally, when I round this off, someone responded to me and they asked a question about stoic, the stoic trait. And they asked, in your mind, is a stoic person able to show vulnerability, which I found interesting. And I really had to put some thought into that question because intuitive, initially when I when I saw that question, I was like, no, if you're stoic, you're this way. But I don't think it's necessarily an either or thing. I think you can be stoic situationally, and I think you can be show vulnerability situationally. And so here's my answer. I said, the short answer is yes, and yet not, not necessarily by choice. I believe a stoic posture requires deliberate focus, energy, and rationality, while our emotions flow much more freely. Emotions will eventually take the path of least resistance. 
from time to time, we'll let our guards down. We'll lose focus. We'll get tired of wearing the stoic mask to hide our emotional side, something many of us do in public. Um, I do that as well. And then some more than others. It's tiresome to hide our emotions. And I don't know, what do you think about that? I think it is, I get maybe varies from person to person. I think if you're consistently trying to suppress emotions in front of others, like especially in the workplace is probably the most common. It is energy draining. And I think the more we try to hide our emotions or suppress our emotions, I think we may open ourselves up a little more to, to explode and maybe not a huge explosion, but explode when we've reached kind of an intolerable level of suppressed emotions. I think of the analogy of, of a pressure relief valve. I think it's nice if we look at having some sort of cognitive pressure relief valve to let go of some of our emotions in a more of a methodical and responsible way. I think reflection is a good way to do that. Reflective activities, writing, whatever it may be to kind of, you know, talk, you know, put out your thoughts maybe on paper, especially if from a leadership standpoint, again, from reflection, practice, and theory in the leadership side, if you have certain events that are causing you frustration, maybe some anxiety, making we can reflect on those thoughts and find out what the real source of those emotions are. That's a way of, of releasing some of that. And you don't necessarily have to be vulnerable to someone externally. It's just vulnerable to yourself and, and your own thoughts. And I go on to say that unfortunately, I'm willing to bet far too many people in leadership roles still associate appearing stoic with strength and appearing vulnerable with weakness. This is a mistake in my opinion. And I believe that. I think I think if you are just, if you solely believe that being stoic is a strength and if you think showing any type of vulnerability is always a weakness, I don't think that's going to help you out from a leadership standpoint. And again, I, I make the difference. I say there's, there's a difference between not being afraid to show some emotion, some vulnerability on the one hand, and on the other hand, allowing your emotions to lay waste to your leadership capabilities, your sound decision-making in crisis or keeping your cool in crisis. So you don't want to get, or you don't want to be so vulnerable or allow your emotions to influence your ability to make decisions, especially in a crisis. You can't allow them to completely take over. You need some sort of rationality, some sort of calmness, some sort of stoicism, I think, especially in crisis, especially if people are looking at you and you're the sole person they are directing their gaze at in, the t- in times of crisis. You have to be able to keep your cool a little bit and try to, you may have to step away. You have to step away for this, from the situation briefly to collect your thoughts, to go back to the more deliberate, rational analysis of what needs to be done, what decisions need to be made, what actions you must take. And I conclude ultimately the stoic versus vulnerability posture may be situational and it may not be an either or posture. And I said this in the beginning, what is required for me to lead well in this particular situation? What is required for me to lead well in this particular situation? What do my people require of me? Do they need me to fight vigorously for something we believe in? This may require a blend of reasoned and tempered thought along some, alongside some fiery passion. I think you might be able to blend those two reasonably, methodically, and carefully. I've, I've finished with vulnerability always wins at some point. Our emotions are going to show at some point, at least until artificial intelligence replaces us all. 
So if you're watching today, hopefully you, hopefully you enjoyed this little spider graph I created. There, I could have filled this graph out with more traits. I could have gotten rid of all these traits and replaced them with 10 different traits. But anyways, I, I am grateful again if you're listening, watching. Remember, leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.